I think I'm playing chess, I see a king, I'm at his neck I'm three steps ahead of every move, now that's a check Yes, they wanna know my secret, it's because I never slept uh, we're back, everybody. What's up? Fernando Petty here, UV Real Estate, UV Podcast, right here with my co host. Alan here with uh, UVO. Alan with UVO. <laughs> like <laughs> he's never said it before. Sorry, First time on here. Guy. <laughs> episodes in. And uh, today we have our guest, Brendan Stangus, one of our top producing agents here uh, with UVO Group. And uh, your last podcast got the most views, right? It blew up there and then, and then it kind of went up and down. And I'm like, did Brendan pay for views, this fucking guy? <laughs> I was sitting out at dinner. I was like, why do these guys keep blowing my shit up? It was going up, up and down. Like, and up and who knows? All I know is you got the most love, and I know that you've had a lot of people hit you up. Dude, I had people texting me left and right, out-of-state people. I was like, I don't even know who this is right now. Yeah. I'm reading it, and they're telling me about the podcast and stuff. And I was like, that's the power, made bro. an impact. That's why we're doing it. I'm telling you, it's not about millions of views and millions of subscribers. No, it's about just telling your story, maybe reaching and inspiring at least one person. That's all that matters. And that's what it's all about. That's why, like, I think I've seen that one message with that one kid that mentioned, um, man, I used to go to school with Brendan. I look up to him. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, like, you know, you made a difference and impact on his life, in his life, you know? And that's what it's all about. Yeah. And now he's making another impact. He just adopted a, is it a blue macaw? What is it? Uh, Indian ringneck parrot. Indian ringneck parrot. So he was like, hey, I just dropped some cash on this bird. And I'm <laughs> like, what is he talking about? A bird? And he's like, this egg. And it turns out it was an egg. Well, dude, we had to. So I was calling around and like nobody had these things. And I was like, what the fuck, man? And uh, I was like on Facebook looking at them. And like I got the vibe like everyone was trying to scam me. I was like getting the picture of the same bird from like five different people. And I was like, there's no way. I got to find one local. And um, some pet store had it. And we had to go there. We had to put a deposit on the damn thing. And like even after you put the deposit on it, you're not guaranteed the bird. So you're on like a waiting list for like. I think it was like three months or something. And then finally we went in there one day to, uh, I think I was just going to go like check on it or something or like get toys for it or something. So when it's ready and, uh, I walked in there, they're like, your bird's ready. You want to take it home? I was like, fuck yeah. Took it, threw it in the car and then drove home with it. And it Dude, this cold. thing is so cool. It's, it's the, this guy is the fu a fucking character, right? Mm -hmm. Cruising around in a McLaren supercar <laughs> with, <laughs> with a damn bird, bird on his eh? shoulder, <laughs> like a fucking Dude, pirate. It's so funny. <laughs> I'll be cruising down the road with this thing and like, People will be looking at the car and they're like, look over at me. They're like checking it out and everything. And they're trying to like look in the window and see me. And then like, I'll crack the window so they can see in a little bit. And then they see the bird and they like freak out and they all grab their phones and start taking pictures and stuff. It's like, like, that's the last thing you expect. That's like Instagram gold, bro. right? <laughs> I guess the last thing you expect to pull up on someone in a car like that. And then they got a bird when they roll down the window. Yeah, that was no, like when I walked in the cool, gas bro. station today. The I always ask too. I was like, is that bird just shitting on his shoulder all day long? Just chills. <laughs> just chills. That's bro. a guess. He's got a dope personality. Yeah, no, that's dope. Hey, is that uh, my SD card in there? <coughs> yeah, you put in? Okay. All right, yeah, this podcast is so much work to put together, and people don't realize that. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work to put together, and the littlest things can screw everything up. And it's every time I come on here. It's yeah. like you guys cruise through all the other ones. Like my first one, what, it was like four takes. This one is like that whole mishap we just had. Yeah, bro. But yeah. No, back. but it's good, and, and, and I'm happy you're here now because, you know, a lot's happened since you were last here. This was, we filmed it. I swear it was probably like... November, December of last year. Yeah, it was a minute ago. Yeah, it was it was a good 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 while ago. And uh you we got a lot of good feedback, people that we knew and people who have seen it, right? And uh, of course you get haters too and I love them just as much dude, as I love Dude, I love it. That's yeah. what drives you. Yeah. yeah at least yeah, it drives me. Yeah. I love it. But but no, it's good because, you know, um you look way different now and you can see, I swear, 
it's just amazing the transformation and the growth you can see on people and you can see it on Brendan. And what's crazy is like you don't see it when you're in the moment. Yeah, I, I thought I was fine, and now I look back at pictures and I was like, dude, I looked sick. Yeah, that looked disgusting. You were working yourself to death, bro. I was, yeah, I was yeah. literally working myself to death. Yeah, but no, you put on what like 30, 40 pounds? Yeah, I'm up 40, 46 pounds. Holy shit! Yeah. Damn. That's a lot of damn. And I dropped like two percent body fat. So even when I was like back where I was, I think I was at at nine percent, nine point eight percent or something. I'm sitting at like seven right now. Yeah, and it's comfortable. I feel good. I feel healthy. Like I got energy all the time. Yeah. yeah, I love it. No, that's good. And that's why I like documenting this kind of stuff and and, and doing the podcast and the vlogs because you can look back and see. And it's like, I mean, it's gonna be there for forever. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and you can see your growth that you've had. You know what I mean? Not not just financial, but I mean emotional, spiritual, physical. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is all really, really good. And they're just as important, if not more important than financial. Um, but dude, no, I'm, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're killing it right now. Um, I know that after you just crushed it the last quarter of last year, you took a little break, a yeah, little, hi- little two-month hiatus. Went <laughs> <laughs> to Cancun, chilling went to Cancun. Michigan, chilling. But no, but, that, look, but, look, but look at this though, right? If you kept working your ass off and didn't give yourself that break, you probably still look the same, if not worse. I think I would look the same or I would look worse. I don't think I would enjoy doing what I do. It's like you, you got to give yourself a break at some point. And I'm not saying, you know, go screw around 24-7 just because you make a little bit of money. But yeah. after you, you know, crank out however many deals I did that month, I was killing myself. And um, it felt good. It felt good to get away from everything. And then you come back, everything's, you know, fresh start. And you go from there and then you pick up the pace again. Yeah. And, do it all over again. It's a cycle. And I tell people all the time that it's extremely important to, you know, once a month, get away. Get away for like a day or two, you mm-hmm. know, every few months, you know, twice a year at least, get away on a vacation. Yep. Like I'm leaving in Cancun here in two days, you know, for a wedding. And I'm looking forward to it because we've been under a lot of stress lately, you know, with the podcast, with the office, with the remodel, Everything. The baby on the way, like a lot, you know, life will hit you. It's just, you know, what are you going to do about it? And sometimes it's good to get away, you know, perfect, perfect opportunity to get away, go to Cancun for a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I'm refocused. Uh, whose wedding is it, by the way? My brother. Yeah, shout out to Otto. Right, he's getting married. Woo! Shout <laughs> out, dude. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. I'm really happy for him. Um, we go way back. Yeah, yeah, way back. So I'm really happy for him. Like 15 years, probably yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, but no, you, you hit on a, a good point. I mean, and you did too. You know, you have to take these breaks. And I mean, Daniel, our videographer, um, we have to cut the podcast shorter today because Daniel is leaving today. And uh, I'm like, how can we keep him longer? But we can't. He's got to go on a vacation. And it's good for him. But Daniel's getting married. Yep. Also, shout out to Daniel, videographer, about to get married. Uh, we were in his wedding and we didn't even know. For real? <laughs> <laughs> the worst at inviting people. <laughs> He's like, by the way, you got to go get fitted. I'm like, for what? He's like, the wedding. I'm like, what wedding? <laughs> what? <laughs> right? No, but th- that's cool. I'm really happy for him. Really young. Got some balls to pull the trigger there. I've been with my wife for... 17 years and we still haven't officially tied the knot 17 years it'll be 18 years scary. in august that's a long time that's almost as old as daniel <laughs> yeah, i can't believe i can't believe that she still waited that long i know that's, <laughs> that's, nuts. that's wild right no but again the purpose of the podcast is talk about growth entrepreneurship and uh brendan you've been crushing it lately um i know you switched your cars up you hit another major yeah. goal a major goal you talked about this in the last one um, you just switched it up. What are you driving right now? I uh, just got a brand new 570, another McLaren. Uh, unfortunate what happened to the last one. I had that for what, four months maybe. Yeah. And um, the one time I decided to be nice, I'm like, oh, I'm by the office. I'll swing in there and say hi to everybody. The and, one uh, time you decided to be nice? <laughs> fucking yeah, jackass. The one time. 
But no, I was like, I'll go in there and say hi to people. Like I was over there getting my haircut or something. Dude, I pull in the parking lot and this lady in a brand new Tesla just backs out, smacks the car. So I get out. I'm like, okay, whatever. It is what it is at this point. Like normally I would freak out, but I don't know. I've gotten better with stuff like that. So I was like, okay, whatever. She hit the car. We'll get it fixed. And um, long story short, it ended up being like eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 in damage just for her like side swiping the car. That got totaled out. Um, and I waited like seven months to get that car. So I went on the search for this next one and um, had a few people that I was getting stuff lined up with. One guy backed out on me when I had everything ready to go. And uh, he was like, you know what? I'm too emotionally attached to this car. Like, I, I can't get rid of it. So I was like, okay, whatever. I kept searching. And uh, the, the car market is like the housing market right now. It's like people just charge a premium because nobody can get their hands on them right now. Mm -hmm. So a car that should be, you know, 200 grand is now $250,000. And long story short, um, I ended up hopping on Instagram and I was just DMing everybody that had that car. I was like, listen, dude, I want to buy your car. Probably did 30, 40 people. They all thought I was joking. And then this one guy responded to me. He's like, you know what? I, I actually want to sell it. I, I want to go buy another one. And I was like, well, let me know when I can come down and see it. He's like, you want to come down Friday? I was like, perfect. Booked my flight, flew down to Houston, uh, took a look at the car, fell in love with it, um, flew back, got everything lined up, and then ended up getting it shipped out here like two weeks later. And uh, I'm enjoying it, dude. It's a I fun know you car. are. Dude, it is a sick We got car. some clips of, uh, so we, we just went ahead and, and uh, wrapped the UVO podcast yeah, in the Lamborghini. Got the Lambo wrapped. Yeah, we went up there, and, and Brendan, you came to check out. Yeah. Uh, Clayton. Clayton Stark. The guy's a boss, right? His shop is amazing. Shout the, out to his YouTube Summit channel. Summit Auto Lab. Summit Auto Lab, yeah. Summit Life YouTube channel. Um, but went up there, and we got some cool clips of y you and the whip, so we'll get that over to you, and we can uh, throw that in the podcast. Um, I think I have it on one of the vlog cameras. Yeah. Anyways, really badass. Those cars are something else, man. It's they fun, really dude. are. It's fun. They really I, are. I like fast stuff, and that car's not stock, so I mean, it, it's good enough for now. I mean, yeah. I think I can make it faster. I'm getting kind of comfortable with it right now. <laughs> so, I don't know. Once, I, once we push it past, I refuse like, to go with him yeah. for a ride. Alan, <laughs> I told him it one time before, never again. I this guy got out of my car. That. His hands are shaking and stuff. He was trying to <laughs> Hell no. I can't handle that shit no more. I need the big bodies. Dude, I was in the car. I think I told you. I was trying to record him. I'm like, hands were shaking so bad. I'm about to put this in my I'm about to, you know, and he almost killed me to the point where I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to post anything. I'm not going to do anything. My hands were just shaking. I'm like, Fuck this. <laughs> I'm not trying to die I today. I like myself fast. <laughs> no, that's funny. But talk about some of the investments because obviously right now crypto is huge. It's been huge for a long time. And you're not shy about sharing your success in crypto. Um, you're somebody who's invested a lot into uh -huh. crypto. And I mean, when you see the market go up and down, when it comes to crypto, people take a little bit of a loss and they gain a little bit of a gain. And then you see his portfolio and it's a massive loss and a massive gain. It's like <laughs> up and down. And I'm like, where's he at right, right now? You know what I mean? So yeah. dude, number one, how the hell did you get into crypto? How did that start? Shit. Do you understand it? I mean, who, I, when I ask people, they understand it, they tell me, and I still don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It depends on what you want to understand. I mean, you can go into 80 different directions in crypto and it's all going to be different stuff. But I mean, the, the basic fundamentals behind the coins that I invest in. Yeah. I mean, I understand them. I wouldn't necessarily throw my money in shit coins like all these kids are doing right now. I mean, they make good money. Don't get me wrong. There's kids. Hey, 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 swing. quit talking shit on Dogecoin. Uh, we'll get into the story of where you should have listened to me. You lost, <laughs> you lost yeah. your money on that one. But um, <laughs> no, but uh, back to what I was saying is like, I, I have a good understanding of where I'm putting my money. It's like, I'm not, I'm not taking the gamble. I'm not just throwing it out there like a lot of kids are. And I mean, if that's what they're comfortable with, Go for it, but that's not my thing. I like yeah. the the comfort side of things where I know, okay, I'm not gonna dump you know forty fifty thousand dollars into this coin right now, and it's gonna go to zero tomorrow. I like 
stuff that's backed that has a purpose that actually is going to you know change something be adopted by certain exchanges and then and then grow over time so uh that's where i find my comfort in crypto yeah so what are you investing in right now when it comes to crypto um i mean the market's super super bloody right now we really don't know what's going on we thought we were in a bull run and it's looking super super bearish right now and i mean things are dropping left and right but that's where everybody gets scared and they start to panic sell because they're like oh my god i need to take my profits before it goes to zero and i'm over here sitting i'm like that's a flash sale like I'm picking up more and more yep. and more. So, I mean, as long as you, you price leverage and get uh, a good price per share, whatever whatever your strategy is, I mean, there's ways to make money when stuff's going down. So, um, right now, I'm, I'm heavily sitting in Bitcoin. I've been sitting in that since 2016. And I think my average price per coin right now is like 16000 It was about 12000 And then when we had this recent dip, I, I threw a little bit more in, which raised it up. But, I mean, still, to me, that's comfortable. I don't think it's ever going to go back to that 16,000 point. I think it's just going to keep going up. Yeah. Um, anything has a dip, uh, whether it be stocks, cryptos, whatever it is, markets have dips, but it's the people that don't look at it in the long term get really scared and they get out of it. And that's really what messes them up. So yeah. I'm more in it for the long run. I think it's going to get to a point where that's going to be, you know, the currency we're going to end up using. And I look at Bitcoin more as like, okay, I'm going to be able to use that when the economy changes versus, oh, wow, I just made half a million dollars off that. Yeah. There are other coins where I'm like, okay, this is going to be my moneymaker. I'm going to have it for eight months, get rid of it. And um, that's exactly what I did with the B-Chain. And that's what, you know, paid for the McLaren. Yeah. So that was, it was almost like a joke. My buddy Stone, the guy that just joined our team, he was like, hit me up when I was in Cancun. He's like, dude, check out V-Chain, check out V-Chain. I was like, what do you text me for right now? Like, let yeah. me enjoy my vacation. Like, yeah. fuck that shit. Okay, hold on. I got to stop you there before I forget this thought. Because, dude, you said something there. And I'm like, damn, I was hoping he wasn't going to say that. But you did. And it, it and I think for me, because I'm a little older, I mean, I've got 10 years on Brendan. Yeah. Um, maybe 12, 23? Yeah. So I got 11 years on Brendan. Fuck. <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> Anyways, look, look at this, okay? And you said something that I think a lot of people are going to listen to and be like, oh, my God, like somebody is actually saying it, you know, here locally that we might know. Um, and that's when people say things like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency is going to replace currency. And this is the currency, currency of the future. So why make a statement like that? Um, if you look at market caps, I mean, that's what it realistically goes back to. Give me one sec. I'm getting this fucker off my shoulder. Yeah, he's been like chewing on your neck the whole time. Come on. <laughs> Maybe you should have stayed home. There he is. Yeah, Get that's the star there. of the show right there. <laughs> Ziggy Stangus. <laughs> but um, no, the reason I made that statement is like you look at what the government's doing right now with all these, these uh, um what do they call them? Like payment plans for COVID and all that stuff. They, they just keep printing the money and the market cap on the U S dollar just is going through the roof. Like th there's in my eyes, nothing stopping it. They're just going to keep printing it, keep printing it, keep printing it. Yeah, it's like and, never going to uh, end. Yeah. You look at cryptos and like there's a set amount of Bitcoins out there. And I think after what, like 2024, you're not even going to be able to mine it anymore. And it's going to be that circulating supply being bounced between a bunch of people. And um, it's so minimal where it's like the top 1% of people aren't even holding, you know, buy Bitcoin or something. I, I don't know what the, the math is it right now, but it's just, it comes down to supply and demand. And with all of these companies, whether it be Tesla, I, mean, I know they just fucked up the market. They said they were taking Bitcoin and now they're not, but it's going to get to the point where all these companies adopt it and nobody can get their hands on it. So the people who do have it now are in control of it. So that I, is crazy to think about. That's crazy to think about. If you really sit and process that and think about it, I'm going back to like, Egypt and the days when they were like hammering these fucking coins of like silver or whatever the hell they were using back then for currency. And I'm just like, 
And now we're going back to that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty trippy, dude. And when you say things like the people who have it, most of it are going to control it. It's just taking the money right out of the hands of the big banks mm-hmm. and the people who've been in power when it comes to finance in the last hundred years. That's pretty trippy. And it's kind of, if you're not educated on it, I guess it's kind of scary when you think about it. Especially me, I don't have, I think I have like a hundred dollars in Bitcoin or something. <laughs> not yeah. Bitcoin, I think I have like VeChain or some shit. And uh, when you guys are talking about losing money and this and that, I'm like, I went up like 12 bucks, went down like 12 bucks. <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> not really I mean, but at me. the end of the day, like your percentage is the same yeah. percentage as mine. I'm just playing with, you know, a lot more yeah, money out there. Yeah. But no, I, I think about that and it's like, again, I'm not educated on, on this subject. So I'm not going to make too many uh, statements on it, but I will say just from somebody who's older, who's always used cash, who's always used credit uh, and things like that. And you think about Bitcoin and you don't know too much about it. It's like, fuck, I better start learning about this Mm -hmm. shit. You know what I mean? I better Mm -hmm. start getting educated. I better start teaching my kids about this. Mm -hmm. If it really is, and going back to the statement you made, the currency of the future, and this is like not such a far future. No, I I think it's closer than a lot of people expect. Yeah. And uh, what's really scaring people, and it's kind of a funny story on top of this, is so my my friend, uh, he had a a big account with Chase. And uh, he, I think this was a couple years ago, sold a T-shirt that had Bitcoin on it or something like that. Had nothing to do with the actual currency itself. It was simply a t-shirt. The transaction itself had something about Bitcoin in there when it went through with Chase. They ended up seizing that account. And we're not talking, you know, an account with a couple hundred thousand dollars. This is a multi-million dollar account. And they basically said, you're done. Like, take your money, go elsewhere. Now, fast forward to now, Chase is adapting to, to Bitcoin. And all of these big banks are taking on this stuff. And they're like, they want to use it now. Yeah, you have so to it watch went from them. them saying, you know, get the fuck out. Like, I don't care how much money you have in our bank account. Like, you're done with us because yeah, you're, you're trying to do crypto to, uh-huh. hey, now we're going to take this on and do it. It's, it was a fast change. So if you are not educated on the subject, right, obviously YouTube, start talking with people, have conversations like this, right? Talk to somebody like Alan. Alan is, I feel like between myself and Brendan, Alan is in between the two when it comes to the education part because He's a Brendan, gambler. Yeah, Brendan obviously knows a lot about it. Alan is right there with him gambling on it, but I feel like Alan's not as educated as Brendan when it comes to this stuff. And right? what doesn't make sense is this guy will come to me and he was like, hey, like, what should I do with this? And I'll give him the advice. He goes, against, the opposite. goes against everything I say. <laughs> and then I text him the next morning. I'm like, how do you like that dip? He goes, I just dude, I was it. up 60 grand. Now I'm down $24,000. I'm like, oh, wow, you should have sold. I just do it for the hell of it. Just, he's like, hey, do this. I'm like, no. It's like I'm a rush. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to just do it just to prove a point. And that way I can go, hey, you fucked on, up. Time out, you've yet to prove a point. Huh? <laughs> They've all went south. Yeah, I fucked up. It, it ha- <laughs> That's happens. what I wanted to hear. <laughs> hey, but I, I'm having fun with it, though. That's all it's about, right? No, uh, but getting back to that, if you're not educated on it, it you, you got to start getting educated on it. Mm. It's, it's really important. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? I, I do think conversations like this are important. We have somebody who knows a lot about it and somebody who doesn't know shit about it. So you can get these questions that people might not know how to ask or answer. A perfect z- example right here is, you know, I don't know a whole lot about, about crypto. You know, when I do it, it's more of a gamble. Yeah. But if I actually want to invest and go to, you know, know what I'm doing, know what I'm investing in, I'm going to reach out to a professional. Well, not even a professional, but somebody who knows a lot more than I do. Yeah. That's why I'll go to Brendan a lot for advice on, hey, what what would you do here? You know, yeah, I'll have some fun and invest in a few, you know, fun coins like Doge or whatever it might be just for the hell of it. Um, but yeah, you want to have your ones that you do invest in that do have a purpose, like you mentioned, 
And um, those are the ones you want to go after, you know, long term. Yeah. The other ones, you know, th throw a, a little bit of money in there for fun. That's fine. You know, you can go to Wendover, you can go to Vegas. That's fine. Um, but if you're specifically, if you are investing, um, then you want to be able to invest, but you want to calculate your investment as well. And yeah. know, know, you know, your risk to reward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking about investing, Alan is great at real estate investing. And Alan, not, not too bad, not too Alan bad. Alan just purchased a house, which is a really nice house. Thank you, man. And uh, great location. You, yeah. Well, it's funny because you got it under appraised value, but not by a crazy amount of money. It's not like it was like a flip or anything, yeah. right? Or a distressed property because it definitely was not. But the, the the potential, the potential, the ARV potential. Not even ARV because it wasn't a bad house. Yeah, it's just like well, it was it's just updating. Dated. Yeah, yeah, updating in the area. I feel like that area. And we're talking Sugar House mm -hmm. area, East Side area. I mean, oh my God, you're talking like a four or five hundred thousand dollar increase in such a short amount of time. If you decide to sell, I don't think you're going to right now. But my plan will probably be in about you know live there because I have the baby now on the way. It'll be here in three months. So right yeah. now I have the home completely gutted out, um, and now it comes down to putting it all together. You know, yeah, a little bit of a challenge with contractors. But yeah, this is going to be. I'm 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 not going to be happy about this for the next three months <laughs> because <laughs> this guy's bandwidth is not very wide when it comes to the mental bandwidth. He can focus so good on one or two things and dominate. But when he's got five things going on at once, and the, and the amount of shit that I I'm, I'm doing because I have an enormous bandwidth, right? And and when I start getting him involved, Alan, do this, Alan, let's do that, Alan, we didn't do this. Head yeah, yeah. His head's <laughs> losing <laughs> he's losing his damn mind. Oh my god, no. But I want to go back to that because you were strategic on the way you purchased the property, not only because we got an insider deal, right? Because yeah. of the team. Well, you see the potential in it. Yeah, because the area, right? And so, oh. talk to me about and the viewers. When you're looking at deals like that, what are you um, what are you looking at when it comes to investing in real estate, investing well, in houses? Well, number one, I personally you know look at location, location, location. Too many too many yeah. people get caught up in hey, the home looks really really good. It's a good looking home, pretty home, whatever it might be. But they don't focus on the area as well. You know, I like same example happened with my condo. You know, at, at the towers, you know, a couple of years ago. I knew quite a bit of history about those towers, how desirable they were in the 80s and 90s, et cetera. So I knew the history behind them. And when I seen them on the market, I'm like, man, these are way undervalued. They are going for a lot cheaper than the ones at the Regent, at City Creek, Gateway, you name it. And I'm like, why are people not buying at the American Towers? Like, these were going for a few hundred grand. You know, now they're half a million plus. And, but I seen the opportunity. You know, you want to take a property like that in a highly desirable area. And even though it's completely original, like the condo was original 1982, I gutted the whole thing down to, you know, the studs, to, to everything, I mean, and built it back up. Same thing here, you know, when it comes down to the home, like, especially in the Sugar House area, most of the homes in that area are a little bit older. And um, if you're able to find one, you know, that is in a prime location and it has really, really nice curb appeal, you know, the character, the exterior, um, but then you can go in and modernize it inside, make it, you know, like, for example, in mine right now, I'm doing it contemporary and modern inside. That way from the outside, you don't work, it, it, still, it still has the character, like, you know, and it fits in with, with the neighborhood. But once you go in there, it has that wow factor. Yeah. And you want to go, you want to have that wow factor. And it, every property I buy is strictly an, an investment. Do I love this home that we're buying? Yeah, I do. I can't wait to live in there. But my plan is to live there for about a year and a half, two max. Even the condo. When I originally bought it, I said, hey, I'm going to live here for about a year and a half, two, no more than that, and then I'm going to move and get a home. 
well, you know, in November, it'll be two years exactly. Yeah. So pretty much I'm doing exactly within that time frame. But yeah, and it comes down to, you know, any home can be updated, you know, like it just comes down to how much you're wanting to put into it. You got to know your numbers though. Yeah. You know? So if you're getting a property for, let's say 500 grand and you need, let's say a hundred or two, you know, to put into it, whatever it might be, you know, or maybe a little bit more than that, but <laughs> that will happen. But you want to know what it's worth and go back to what you just mentioned. Yeah. After the remodel is done. And if I want to go sell it literally the day, you know, the day after, you know, I can probably walk away with a cool half a million just in profit, but you got to see that vision. You know, a lot of people walk into it and go, oh, man, this home's a shithole. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait yeah. till I open it up. Yeah. Wait till I, you know, open that kitchen up and everything. Yeah. Um, then it will have that wow factor where that type of buyer, they're willing to pay that premium. Exactly. You know, because they, they don't want to be. That's like me. Like, yeah. that, that's the exact issue I just went through. I mean, I was looking for a house for what, the past six months? Uh-huh. It was like right after we got the cars, we're like, okay, we need to get a house now. And, uh, dude, there, I, I, I know I passed up on a hundred different houses yeah. that had potential, but. I don't have the eye for it. Yeah. I'm the type of person I want to walk in. I want it to be done. I want it to yeah. be already updated. So that's exactly what I ended up doing when I picked up this property that yeah. I closed on Tuesday. And it's just, I need to get to that point and start learning those things so I can go in and take advantage of that, that, uh, market that I wasn't even looking at right now. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I need to learn from you. Yeah, no, that's why I'm, I'm happy we're having these conversations. You know, the other thing I was thinking about when we were filming yesterday. So, uh, if you guys didn't know, we got a segment on Fox 13, uh, Fridays at yep. between one and one thirty, we have a segment. It's the real estate rundown by UVO group. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it'll be every single Friday, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's all about content. It's all about content. It's, it's all about deal. content, right? But we were filming yesterday for the, uh, one of the properties that we're going to put on there. And when we were doing the drone footage, obviously I didn't see it. It was in the sky, but when we came back to edit it, I was looking at everything around it. This is Spanish fork, yeah. right? So I'm looking at everything around it and I'm like, Holy shit, look at all this empty land that's being developed. They already had it all taken down, lots were separate, right? But I was looking at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like even this house is probably just a couple years old, right? How much can a house really appreciate in those couple years? A lot in the last, for, for Utah, well, for something like it's been a lot. In today's market, it's a couple hundred grand. Dude. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm looking at it and I'm like, those houses right there, because of the lack of inventory, the low inventory, those houses are going to make this one skyrocket. Yep. Because I was thinking, if I were to buy this house, right, and I wouldn't buy that house, but if I were to buy that house, I'm like, would I be making a smart decision right now because the market's high? But then I'm like, well, look at all those new construction being developed. That's only going to make that home appreciate yep. a lot more. And that was probably five years worth of development that I was looking at on the on the drone. So I'm just like, is this market ever going to go down? I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. Really? Is it ever going to go down? Yeah. I don't see it slowing down here anytime yeah, maybe soon. Maybe other states, they might slow down or there might be like, what, a 5-10% correction. But Utah, with everything that's coming here, Adobe, Amazon, Facebook, all that stuff. Dude, yeah. I don't see, yeah. it, I don't see yeah. it slowing down anytime soon. It's like everywhere you look, there's construction being done. You know, especially yeah. Downtown, and Salt Lake County, Utah County, et cetera. Yeah. They are building everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, uh, going back to the, the example of the, the condo at the Towers, I knew that that was undervalued, but yep. I knew they're going to be building. Like at that time, I think. Yeah, we were talking about it back then. Okay. I yep. found out, I'm like, oh, I found out they're building about, I think, 10 or 12 high new rises. high rises. Uh-huh. And I'm like, holy shit. In the next year or two, these are going to skyrocket in mm-hmm. value. But you got to be willing to put that money up and, and, and lock it up right then and there. You can't wait for it, you know, a year or two down the road. And the next thing you know, it's a couple hundred grand more. Kinda, you kind of missed that boat. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's never a you know never a bad time to invest as long as you hold it long term. 
because over time everything will go up always you know so yeah dude even my neighbors so i was actually over at the property doing like a final walkthrough the other day kind of myself it was yeah. the actual one but uh i met the neighbors and they purchased three months prior to me and uh i was like i was kind of being nosy i was like okay well what'd you pay what did it praise for yeah. and uh they ended up getting in the property i think it was like for 439 or something and i was sitting there i was like jesus christ dude three months down the road mine yep. just appraised for 505 yeah that's insane yeah, like they're, they're sitting on seventy thousand dollars in equity right now for waiting three months yeah. well it, it just it goes down to mind. supply and demand that's you know? it. It, it we talked about this as well back when the whole whole COVID thing happened you were able to pick up properties mm -hmm. for dirt dirt cheap fast forward six to 12 months later those homes are going for two three hundred grand like there was a home we could have picked up last year for what four thirty five I just noticed it sold, uh, you know, completely remodeled after for I think seven twenty five. That's crazy. It's insane. It's wild. The demand's so high. I haven't even closed on mine yet. Like I said, yeah. I closed Tuesday. Yep. I was getting calls of people offering over appraisal value, over asking price, and I was like, I can't sell it. Like this yeah. is my house. I'm not doing you that. Wait till it's done. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm going back to square one. Like, let yeah. me finish it out, and you guys can buy it when I'm done. Yeah. But I'm not getting rid of it right now. Yeah. No, I, definitely. I had not. big offers thrown my way. Yeah, you told me. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, right now it's insane, man. And uh, I'm happy for a lot of the clients that we work with. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, toot our own horns or whatever the hell you want to yeah, call why it. Not? But Sometimes you have to. Yeah, but, well, no, look at it. Like, you know, we had a story today with Kelly Fisher, one of the agents. We did a closing this morning with him here at the office. By the way, UVO Group, title companies out there, if you guys want to work with UVO Group, you got to come and close here. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. No, hell no. Right. They come here. Anyway, so they came here. We had an amazing closing, like I was saying. Um, and the, uh, the closing that he had this morning, you know, the agent or the agent, the, the, the buyer, she was talking about how she was in such a tough position, mm -hmm. right? She got a notice to vacate from her landlord. So she was a good tenant. She wasn't being evicted, but she got a notice to vacate from, uh, the landlord and she had a few days to get the hell out. And Kelly was able to find her a house in the same neighborhood, go under contract within within seven days. Damn. And they just closed on the property and she's going to move out. And she's extremely happy. But I was just thinking, like, it's so tough to be a buyer right now because of the lack of inventory in the, co in the competition. But when you have agents like the ones on our team, mm -hmm. like Brendan, people who take this shit seriously. They're committed. They're, they're committed. hungry. Yeah, because they understand what the buyer's going through. You understand what the buyer's going through. You went through six months sure. of that shit, writing yeah. offers left and right. I was writing offers left and right for myself and for clients. And I was coming in $50,000 over appraisal value and I was yeah. still getting my ass handed to me. I was like, if I'm willing to do that and I don't even have clients that can necessarily go to that point, how am I going to get them under contract? Yeah. So we had, to, we had to go outside of the box on absolutely everything to start getting offers accepted. And uh, it worked. I found, you know, exactly what's working in the market right now. I think I have six under contract right now. And, um, my clients are happy. Yeah. Yeah. They're happy. Brendan's funny, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't want to be the agent on the other side of uh, working with Brendan. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, dude. I, I, I might burn bridges, but I, I build them at the same time. I'm yeah, building I, them with my client, I, I burning probably, them with probably, the agent. I probably want to kill Brendan. <laughs> I'd probably find out where his damn broker is. All the agents out there that I've worked there. with in the past, I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? This is a business where you sometimes have to be cutthroat yeah right? I, I mean i'm super aggressive. aggressive with everything i yeah. do and like uh joy the the lady that needed custody of her kids and she had to get into that house um we had a situation and she she thanked me she shot me a text she's like i'm so happy that i have someone so hard-headed and willing to go to bat for me because if she was working with an agent in the past and she ended up cutting ties with them because of that reason yeah like, too soft yeah he, he didn't want to help whatsoever he's like oh okay like well, we can do this or we can do that and i'm like no like this is how it's gonna fucking go for my client and if it's not gonna work like 
cool. Kick rocks. We'll go yeah. find another house. Yeah. No, you have to be like that right now, especially because the market is crazy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there are a lot of agents out there who can put on a good front. They don't know what they're doing. Well, a lot of them are 99% of these agents out there don't know shit. Yeah, they, they oh can put God. on a good front. Like, like they know what they're doing. And you look at their social media and you're like, oh, they're doing really they good. They look you like know, a boss online. And then, yeah. and then you pull them up. They've done 10 deals. They, their yeah, whole and out of those 10 deals, there's like 50 addendums to every contract. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much, so many cameras in here. We had a camera that just went out for no reason and just turned back on. Uh, Daniel's trying to figure that out right now. He's distracting but me going, with the walk Going around. back to it, yeah. That's why it's <laughs> extremely important to, you know, work with a damn good agent. You know, yeah. One mm-hmm. who is re- truly, truly committed to getting you the home. Because too many agents out there, they just, you know, will set you up on an on, on, on automatic hot sheet. You're getting properties and they're hoping and praying that you're going to call them and go, hey, I found the home that I, I want to go take a look at. Let's go take a look at it. That's fine. You know, that you, you should be doing that anyway. But what are you doing different to set yourself apart? Like, are you constantly looking online to see what's currently available? Are you talking to other agents? Are you talking to people on your team yeah, saying, you shopping hey, off market. do you possibly have anything that may, be, that may be coming up? Like, are you going above and beyond for your client? You know what? This is what I will say. This is what I will say. I learned this from Alan, and it was really cool because when we'd walk around the other building we were at in the past, he would walk around and talk to every person he saw. They're all agents, right? And the first thing he would say is, hey, do you possibly have something coming up what do you have coming up what do you have coming up and i and i don't hear agents doing that and i always heard alan doing that and i started doing it and next thing you know you're finding out properties where they hit the market that are right there in front of you all you gotta do is ask right and so ask and shall receive yeah yeah no so i really like that you did that and i'm happy that you show the agents that too um you know so they can use that same technique because i think that's a technique that top producers use yeah like i think i told you the the flip i picked up a year and a half ago or so i picked it up in the bathroom with another agent we're just chatting you know it was actually Daniel, um, Daniel in California. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're just chatting. He's like, hey, man, c- congrats on the award because we just had the, I think, the yearly awards. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Hey, you know, we'll stay in touch, et cetera. He's like, hey, by the way, I have a listing um, I just picked up um, if you have any interest. And I'm like, yeah, l- l- let me check it out. He showed it to me. I said, dude, I'll buy it right now. You know, we, we locked it up with done cash deal. We yeah. closed like two, talk. two, three days later. Yeah, we'll, we'll use your words. And we made it happen. But it just comes down to talking. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the number one thing. Like, I feel like too many people get caught up in um, kind of waiting for business to come to them. You, you got to, you know, if you're in an elevator, for example, put on a smile. Say hi. Like, there's nothing more awkward than being in an elevator and people on their phone pretending like they're texting somebody. To get so out of the conversation. Yeah. Bingo. And that'll happen a lot. You know, I feel like too many people get caught up in that. It's like, what can you do differently now to stand up? stand apart like you know once again like how i got the condos earlier before i ran into the guy he was being standoffish i don't want to talk to you i don't want to talk to you but then it flips right around you know you got to stay consistent yeah you gotta talk to everybody i mean you gotta stay you gotta be persistent persistent um hey let's 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 talk about you for a second because you and i had an interesting conversation yesterday the day before right about the bird right right because i always i always i, I tell alan this i've told daniel this you know, Brendan reminds me a lot of my son, you know, Aurelius, because yeah. uh, Aurelius is, he's a lot older than his little sisters yeah. and he's the only boy, right? He's kind of like an only child, you know what I mean? And so he's always like trying to figure out ways to, I feel like, have companions. He's 10 years old, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, and uh, he loves animals, like loves animals. And you told me you used to love fish and like you had tanks yeah, was, and everything. Yeah, and everything when I was a kid was revolved around, you know, pets or like yeah. stuff that I could just do by myself. Exactly. And that's how he is, right? He's mm-hmm. super independent when it comes to stuff like that. And uh um we were talking about the bird and everything and I was like, you know my son, he's he he loves animals so much and I feel like it's because he doesn't have 
you know, siblings his age that he can play with and hang out with. And, and they're both little girls, you know, they're different interests. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I, I see a lot of that same stuff in, in Brendan that Brendan shared with me about his childhood. Yeah. You know, Brendan's only child. Yeah. I was the only child. I grew up in a neighborhood that didn't have any kids whatsoever. I mean, I grew up with one kid that was like across the street from me and that was about it. Yeah. He ended up moving. And, uh, I mean, I'm still friends with him. That was like my best friend, only friend, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, it forced me to, I guess, mature a lot faster Yeah. because I couldn't just, you know, go hang out with kids and do whatever the kids were doing. I had to do my own thing or like do what my dad was doing or do what my family was doing. So instead of, you know, joking around, playing with kids, riding bikes, doing this, that, it was like, uh, you have to adult a lot faster. And it pushed me to then, I guess, grow away from the kids that I was growing up with in school at that point. So I didn't really fit in with them. So I was just like, it was basically just myself. Yeah. And then that pushed me to start working at a really young age because I started picking up hobbies. And then I, I, I transformed that into work when I started my detailing business. And um, after I started my detailing business, I kind of got a taste for you know, what money could really get you, um, being around nice cars, seeing how successful my dad's been, what money got him. And I was like, okay, that's what I want. So, uh, from there, it just, it, it, it drove me to just, you know, go for money at that point and, uh, basically transformed me into what I am today. Yeah. 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 I know. I see that. And I'm like, yeah, I can see my son being, being that way. You know, he's, he's really aggressive when he wants something and, uh, he's extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he, when he, when he, when he has an interest, he goes, all into all it, all out, right? Knows everything about it. Like, we'll, we'll take him to the, to the to the pet stores, and he's, he's schooling the employees, <laughs> educating the employees on how to take care of their animals. And they're always like, "What? Oh, you're right. Oh my gosh!" And he'll correct them. He even told me, "Dad, do you think they'll pay me to go and and you know regulate their water for the, for the tanks? Because I know these fish are not happy. I can see in the color of wow. their scales, I, and I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, so." Again, they go, they dive deep and they go all in, right? And it's, it goes back to that crypto thing. Like, I've been hearing about this shit for years. I had an opportunity to invest in 2011. Fucking idiot. I should have done that, right? But uh, I hear about it now and it's been, what, 10, 12 years? Mm-hmm. And Brendan has gone all the way in and he knows a shitload about it. And I'm just not that kind of person. If I'm not interested in it, I'm not going to dive deep. And, you know, I, I see you somebody who... We've done that. You know, we have another camera that's getting all of us, so just keep going back and forth on that one. Um, again, podcast uh, challenges, things. right? Um, anyways, but no, dude, like uh, when, when we talk about the crypto stuff, I still think that we really need to dive in on that because people just, like, when they ask what the hell a cryptocurrency is, like, what the fuck is it? Basically just, it's a electronic system that, to make it simple so everybody can understand it, goes through your computer or whatever, solves an equation, and then that smart contract is then divvied out or whatever, and that's that's your cryptocurrency. See, he doesn't know what the fuck it is either. It's like, <laughs> it's, I don't know how to go in depth and like actually explain this thing to where people are going to understand it on the yeah. other side of the camera. People watching the podcast are going to be like, what the fuck is that kid yeah. talking about? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think another thing that allowed me to get so deep into it and, and make the money I did off of it is I'm the type of person that goes... Kind of like your your son, like all in. Yeah. And uh, it was funny, like way, way, way back, probably in like seventh grade, me and my buddy were trying to figure out how to mine Bitcoin and stuff, and we were doing all this shit. And that's when I really should have dove into it because yeah. once, like once I think that semester was over, I, like I didn't even think about it. It was just something I was doing because a kid was like talking to me about it. But you look back and I'm like, dude, I could be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire right now yeah. if I would have just sat there and like read up on this shit and understood it back then. But I'm still grateful I got into it when I did. 
it's, it's really paid off. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at my like crypto portfolios versus like my bank accounts right now, I'd say 90% of my money sitting in crypto. I really wow. do. Wow. You got a loan in your house? You got a loan in your house? Huh? Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's going to buy the house with cash? <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. My mom, so my mom and dad, so why, why would you, right? My mom and dad exactly, don't understand right? crypto whatsoever. And my mom's the type of person, like I tried to get her into trading back when I was doing day trading last year. And um, she did, she can't wrap her head around it. She's the type of person, like she'll throw a thousand dollars in there and she'll see like 50 bucks. She's like, cash out, cash out, cash out, sell. I was like, that's not how it works. And then she's like, she'll see my crypto portfolio or something. She's like, why don't you just get rid of it and buy the house cash? I was like, because this like amount of money that's sitting in there right now is going to be 10 X in two, three years. Yeah. Like I have no reason to pull all that out and buy a cash. Say there's an emergency. Okay. Maybe I'll cash it out and like use the money then, but I'm in a position where I can get a loan for the house, have a comfortable payment, move forward. Like you said, interest rates are so low. The money's damn near free right yeah. now. Why wouldn't I take a loan out on it? We put a good amount of money down. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't have to pull out a crypto to do it. Yeah. The only time I've ever pulled out a crypto to buy something was for the McLaren. And um, that goes back to when I was playing like a, I guess a short-term gain on a coin. And um, that was when I got told to get into VeChain. So I was, I don't know if I was at the airport or if I like just got to Cancun or something and Stone texted me. He's like, dude, get into VeChain, get into VeChain. And I was like looking at my phone thinking like, dude, this is just another shit coin. Like I've done no research on it. Why do you want me to put money into this thing? So I like, I left it at that. I went to dinner, whatever, got real fucked up that day. <laughs> I was just fucking throwing money at that thing. I woke up the next morning and looked at my bank account. I think there's like $15,000 missing. And I was like, looking, I was like, where the fuck did this go? And then I pulled my crypto account. I was like, oh, I, I bought each. <laughs> so fast forward though, I was in Cancun for what, three weeks? Mm-hmm. Oh, at least. My $15,000 investment then went to $90,000. Wow. I cashed out and got the McLaren. I was like, okay, this, this makes sense. Yep. Cause that wasn't something that I saw as a long-term investment. Don't get me wrong. I think V chain has a great structure. It's going to go forward. It's going to, you know, become something that's usable and it's going to be a, a high valued coin. But for the time being, it was like, it made sense to take my profits. It really did. And it's not a coin that has such a limited value where I'm not going to be able to get back in it. Like I can, I can put myself back in the same position I was and then make the same money I just made. So that was really the only time I really cashed out cryptos and yeah. did something with my profits. Yeah. Paid for the bird, too. Yeah. Expensive ass bird. <laughs> Bought huh? a McLaren and a bird. The bird ex- like going extinct right now. Isn't that what's going on? There? Dude, I don't know. We're on such said? a long waiting list for this stupid thing. I don't even know where it came from. I really don't. Dude, I just know so I waited like three or four months. To it's get so in love with that bird, dude. It's like closing its eyes. It's just, it's chilling. <laughs> it's chilling, dude. Oh, that's too funny. Um, yeah, so anyways, this guy, Daniel, he is going to go on his uh, bachelor party weekend, right? How many strip clubs are you going to, Daniel? All of them. <laughs> he's not going any. Daniel's not that kind of guy, which is cool. Um, no, but Daniel, he's got to go, and I know that we don't have a lot of time here. We spent a lot of time trying to fix what happened before the podcast started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really happy that you came in, dude, and, and talked to us a little bit about that. Some of your investments, what you have going on right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I can't wait to see where you're going to be at another six months. Dude, I can't wait, man. Yeah. We got the new studio here, the new office, you know, everything's up, you know, every, everybody's killing it now. Uh, we're, you know, we're going live with the Fox 13. Like this is just the beginning. You know? yeah. Change of environment changes people, dude. Yeah. That's the num- I'm, okay. I'm crushing goals right now that I didn't even think I'd be crushing this soon. That is yeah. the, num- the number one thing is your environment. Like going back to what you, what you mentioned about him before, he just looked unhappy, unhealthy. Going back to me as well, a couple of years ago, unhappy, unhealthy, etc. Terrible. Dude. Night yeah. and day. 
you get into the right environment with like-minded people where you feel like you can actually be a part of something and you can be who you are exactly, you can just see it on your face. Going uh-huh. back to the comment that, that your boy made about the, the fish. Hey, yeah. they, they don't look happy. The color, whatever it uh-huh. might be, same exact thing. Like him, you know, uh, what, eight months from, I mean, from today, um, he's night and day. Yeah. yeah. And that happy was basically my transitioning point for my other team that I was on my other brokerage. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't happy there whatsoever. I didn't like the environment. I didn't like the people I was around and I finally got out of it. And then from the second you saw me get out of that was when that transition really started yeah. to happen. I mean, I went from working ungodly amounts of hours because I was, I don't want to say forced to, but I was part of a team that had, you know, strict rules, whatever. But, um, once I got out of that and got into my own flow yep. where I wasn't being forced to do anything, I could do it all on my own and enjoy the people I'm around, enjoy my life. It's like my business picked up so much more. So instead of me being micromanaged, I was you know set free and I was able to do my own thing. And that's yeah. what brought a ton of success. Yeah. And I mean, I remember the last time I was on the podcast, I had that, that goal for that month that I was going to hit. Yeah. And now I'm over here, like I didn't even have a goal at this point. And I'm about to almost triple what I did that month this coming month yeah. it's like it's, it's crazy I, I can't wait i can't wait for that month <laughs> it's coming up next month that's a big oh, month yeah, that's my birthday month that's a, <laughs> no dude that's awesome bro no again you're right environment is everything mm-hmm. it really is you know and when you're in an environment like ours where we're constantly pushing the boundaries constantly challenging ourselves uh working side by side with the agents not just sitting at home you know trying to click the paycheck yep. and then also building an environment where the agents you could, they can see it. They're witnessing where their money is going. They're witnessing where their commission split is going, how it is being invested, right? I mean, they can see it. They can't see it. They're blind. You know, in the, in the, in the last, I would say the last uh, 13 months, you know, we've grown 900%, mm-hmm. which is amazing, right? And it's because of the work ethic that you and I have, right? The work ethic that our agents have and uh, the vision that we have. And the thing that I go back to, which again, <clears throat> is completely... Uh, near and dear to my heart and I go by this every day and that's you have to do what you say you're going to do mm-hmm. even you on the days that to. you don't want to do it yeah and there yeah. are there are days when we all you know wake up we're like oh, I don't want to go to work I don't want to do that I don't want to film for the podcast I don't want to go to the gym whatever it might be you just got to go do it mm-hmm. yeah. even if you even if you don't you're not on your a game that day even if you don't crush it at least you showed up yep. and that's what matters most you know talking the other day i'm like man early on in the early podcast and then watching myself grow you know episode after episode you're you're gonna you're mastering your craft you're yep. getting better and better and better so just stay yeah. stay at it yeah i can't wait fox 13 is coming up next friday really pumped about that We're working on that video right now three minute segment the other thing i was going to say is uh we are looking for guests here we're yeah. always we're always welcoming people who want to come and share their story we have a good guest coming on next week um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, um, we're always looking for guests that have really good stories, really great stories, um, success stories, uh-huh. right? Um, not just success in business, finance, but, you know, in life in general. Um, but yeah, if you guys are out there and you're looking to hop on the podcast, let us know. Hit me up, hit Alan up, um, hit up Daniel. Uh, the content or the contact information is down in the description below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you want to come on. And uh, we'd love to have you. We'd love to talk to you and, and get your story out there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, well, let's wrap this up because Daniel's got to go. He keeps putting his hands up like five minutes, dude. He's over Stop. there blowing on the camera to keep it cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the camera keeps dying on us. But uh, no, dude, happy to have you on again, dude. Happy about the update. You're fucking crushing it. Alan, 
can't wait to see the house when it's done. Please don't fucking kill yourself. I'll try not to. In the hey, next three months. I'm going to Cancun in a couple days. Yeah, I'll enjoy it, man. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, awesome, guys. We'll look forward to seeing the next one.